Hey everybody, welcome back to AWM Insights. Each week we cut through the noise of what Wall Street is selling you to bring you the knowledge, skills, and access that you need to invest like a pro. And today we're tackling an interesting topic, one that you're always asking, is now actually the good time to invest? But before we dig into all of that, let's shoot over to the news. Justin, what do you got for us? Sure. I mean, there hasn't been a shortage of uh, interesting things going on in the world. That's for sure. Uh, we can definitely start there. Uh, on, on a positive side, it looks like there's been a, a, an agreement as of this time we're, we're recording this with between the Republicans and the Democrats on the debt ceiling. That's providing much needed support to mar- the markets and you know something we'll talk about within this conversation. Jobless claims have, have ticked lower for the first time in, in four weeks also driving some support for the market there. So looks like we've kind of turned the corner from this whole Delta um, variant uh, spike with, with respect to COVID. Uh, so we'll see if that trend continues. I know we always say here that, that a lot of these statistics can be incredibly noisy, so keep that in mind, but definitely uh, some, something moving in the positive direction. Uh, Facebook, I mean, that's been been definitely in the news. Um, a whistleblower coming coming out and accusing them pretty uh, bluntly of a, of um, um, favoring or prioritizing profits over public safety, uh, using their own internal research too. So uh, that that's the story that will continue uh, to to percolate. I, I assume. It's pretty amazing this is even a news item, given that the fact this is the point of media, right? Facebook's a darn media company. Are we going to go on CNBC and accuse them? You know, like now you're going to be able to sue them over some stock going up and down. It seems kind of crazy. Like this is the whole role. They don't really care all that much about the well-being. Otherwise, we wouldn't have financial <laughs> news services. Oh, right? totally. Well, and it's like it's also it's also kind of like everyone knew that, right? Is this really news? I mean, I guess it's actually verifiable uh, proof to an extent if, if we believe this whistleblower. Um, but I feel like you know anyone you talk to who's a user of social media probably can attest to, to the fact that these things are not, are not necessarily uh, designed to be your friend, really. Uh, moving on, uh, uh, this is also something that's kind of surprising as well. California passed a law <laughs> requiring food delivery giants to pay all tips to drivers, um, meaning that it's surprising it wasn't in place to begin with. I'm sure most of us who uh, use those services probably uh, expect that when you add that tip, it's, it is going to the driver. Um, so, you know, protecting protecting the little guy there. Um, big news on, I guess, call it the global front, the Pandora Papers, uh, big, huge release of data for, for from an offshore law firm exposing a number of very high profile uh, people, both in business and government around the world doing, guess what? Trying to avoid taxes, <laughs> shield their wealth, um, hide, their money. hide their money. You know, it's kind of that age old problem. It's it's uh, probably never going away, unfortunately. Uh, but What's what's finance or fascinating about this though is right. It didn't. These documents came from fourteen separate banks. Like, how did you? How did? How were they able to assemble this much sensitive information? I mean, yeah, 
there there's got to be a paper trail here there's going to be some people in a whole heap oh, of trouble you would I'm think. sure I'm sure they're they're not going to go go quietly on this one uh on the sports front uh kind of lighter tone here Giants and the Dodgers are playing against each other in NLDS for the first time ever it should be uh arguably one of the, the better series or let's hope let's hope I mean there's there's going to be a lot uh, at stake and a lot of hype around it but uh, certainly something fun to watch out here on the west coast um and then kind of Turning to the main topic here, so as of this recording, markets are up really uh, uh, strongly today uh, on the back of that debt deal that we mentioned. Russia has said they're going to step into the oil markets to help uh, appease or assuage the, the rise in price there that spooked people, generated some more fear around inflation. Et cetera, et cetera. So markets are happy today, uh, and it and it goes back to the the topic at hand, the the question that Brandon you pose is now a good time to invest. I mean, it's an age old question. Yeah. It's something people are probably asking themselves each and every day. Yeah, I mean, I I certainly don't want to invest today, right? Markets are up. I should wait. Don't you oh, think? Oh man, yeah. Let me take out my crystal ball and tell you. <laughs> I mean, look. The the short answer is is. You, you never, it's always a good time to invest. You never know what tomorrow will bring, but we know that markets reward investors over the long term, that long term participation, the discipline. And look, we're going to get into more nuance around all of this stuff. But the short answer is it's always a good time to invest. Um, it, it's never, uh, it's never a good time to, to be overly fearful, to overcomplicate things. It's good to ask these questions and have these conversations, certainly. But if you're if 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 you're asking yourself, hey, I have this money, it's for the long term, I want to uh, orient or build a portfolio, a structure around my priorities for my family, for my um, and build multi-generational wealth, whatever the case may be, any and all of those things. Generally speaking, it is it's always a good time to invest. Markets have rewarded investors time and time again over the long term. Well, I think it's fascinating too. One of my favorite things to hear, actually, it's not my favorite, but you know, it's fascinating to hear is, you know, when you grow up in the Wall Street firms, you know, like when we started at Morgan Stanley, right? The, one of the first playbooks they give you is, hey, we get a market decline. You start dialing for dollars, baby. You start calling and saying, hey, we got to buy the dip. We got to buy the dip. Uh, you know, go get that money. If somebody is calling you and saying buy the dip, all they're saying is you have no plan <laughs> because you have some money sitting somewhere that now we should invest. When in reality, like you just hit on, Justin, I mean, if you have a comprehensive plan, if you're, if you're an investor, meaning that you're actually putting money to work for long periods of time, and you just have cash sitting on the sidelines that could or should be invested, you're most likely causing yourself negative harm, right? Your harm, you're, you're sitting on the sidelines. And we know this, we've gone back to the stats time and time again, but time in the market's what matters. Missing the biggest days impacts your overall return significantly. So, you know, just waiting for this day of a decline is pretty you know, pretty silly. Yep. We all kind of get back into it. And I think that's something that should ring true in everybody's ears. If somebody calls you and says time to buy the dip, 
It means that that person calling you as a salesperson, probably working at one of the Wall Street firms and as a broker, as opposed to a planner that wants your holistic wealth to be addressed. Yeah. And we can go through a couple of different mental exercises, I think, to really uh, to, to underscore this. We're not anything wooji wooji here, but but just take a step back. Right. So it, it's markets are at all time highs. Markets are doing well. We've had a pullback. It's been volatile of late. So so. For, first of all, for the year, markets are ha, are above average. They're they're the S and P five hundred is somewhere in the low teens in terms of rate of return for the year. So it's going to potentially, like in all likelihood, end up being a very good year, above average for the S and P five hundred. So that's one thing. Um, it the short term volatility probably makes people a little bit more co- uncomfortable. September was a weak month. The quarter was basically flat. So you have to you have to remind yourself, hey, let's take a step back and look at look at the longer term, what what's been going on, and then what what even longer than that, what do markets generally provide uh, the long term, speaking five, ten plus years, the long term disciplined investor, and that that reframing should help you uh, set your expectations going forward, right? Um, Additionally, let, let's flip this on its head. So markets are, have performed really well. Markets have been at all-time highs. They're off those all-time highs. The, there's some negative volatility, so that gives people some angst and unease. Um, on the flip side of it is when markets correct, go back to March of 2020, markets were down over 20% because the, the, the economy, the globe, the, literally the global economy was shutting down. No one had any idea what was going on. At that point in time, when markets were at their bottom, that was a great time to invest. I could guarantee you probably no one predicted that. I shouldn't say guarantee. We're not allowed to say that, right? But I mean, think just think about the difficulty <laughs> and put yourself in that mental space where the global economy is literally shutting down. We have no idea what this new virus is, truly is, really. We, we, there's just so many unknowns. And you have to make your your decision then to invest. I mean, that's even harder than it is right now. Right now, there are some questions certainly that people are asking, and 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 again, rightly so. These are always good questions to ask and and have conversations around. But just think about the emotions, the behavioral side of making that decision in that moment. I mean, it's incredibly difficult if you don't have a plan. I mean, we're going to probably underscore mm-hmm. that time and time again. So um, the, 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 the question to ask yourself too is, or, or flip it on its head again, is, is not, is now the time to invest? It's when, if you're asking that question, when, when would the time be to invest? Like when would you actually feel comfortable investing? I mean, there's, you know, we could go out through a laundry list of uh, fears around investing and they're all common that most people have them, but Taking a step back, understanding what the data shows you, understanding your plan, sticking to it in times of uh, of of um, uh, difficulty is critical in keeping a focus on the long term. And now I'll stop. Sorry, I went on a little rant there. No, yeah, no. I think it's an an important point. And I think it, even going back to your tw- you know March of 2020 example, what does success look like during that period? Because it's certainly not sitting on your hands either, right? You still want to take advantage of the moment. And the way that you, the way that a professional takes advantage of the moment is that they go back to their plan. So in your your instance, right, you've got yeah, equity markets declined. 
you were fully invested, it doesn't mean that, well, shucks, that that's a bummer. I just wore that. No, what ends up happening, right, is that if you've built your portfolio to your priorities, it is now out of balance. And what do we get to do, right? We get to rebalance and bring it back into line with our priorities. We take advantage of that. We do things like tax loss harvesting, right? They're, they are the smarter decisions to be made during those time periods rather than trying to convince somebody in one of the most uncomfortable scenarios that now this all this dry powder that's been sitting on, on the sidelines, it's time to invest. And let's not forget that, you know, you probably, if you were sitting on that dry powder at that period, you'd been scared for years when the markets had absolutely roared. Yeah. So you missed, missed out on that a ton. Whole period. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's unfortunate. We've seen, seen this play out with people time and time again, but you know, I think it's that, that whole deal. Like right now, people, I'm scared there's going to be another financial crisis, right? There we, will be. That's, you know, there's all kinds of, I said that? there will be. Yeah, there will be. Right. And that's part of it. That, it's a great point. I mean, we we are rewarded for going through financial right, exactly. crisis. Right. That That is the entire point of, in, of investing and trying to time when that's going to happen and when it's not. If you're afraid of that financial crisis because it is going to do something to your portfolio that doesn't allow you to provide for your priorities in the short term, that you have a whole different problem that we're, we're worried about, right? So I think that's the other point is that, you know, financial crises are going to happen. Uh, if you've built your portfolio in a way to, to supply your, you know, match up to your priorities, then yeah, that's going to be uncomfortable, but it does not impact your overall financial stability. Yeah, totally. And then, you know, let, let's talk through some some real world examples here. Most people are not investing the vast majority or or their entire portfolio, whatever that that consists of, on a single point in time. There's there if you're farther along your financial life or or, or your life in general, you've likely been investing for. 20, 30, 40 plus years. Maybe you're just engaged with us as a as a new partner in this journey. But that's not that's not a that's not a starting point. Your your investing life cycle has been for 20, 30, 40 years and you have benefited from that. And and this is just a continuation of it. We're going to structure the portfolio kind of what Brandon was alluding to so the volatility in the equity markets does not put your priorities at risk. Uh, but you're still, if you're investing in the markets, you're still a long-term investor and predicting the next crisis, by definition, I mean, it's a crisis, you really can't predict those those things. Um, we can't predict that. So again, it now is a good time to invest for the long-term. Is it the best time in history? Hey, eh, it's hard to tell. I mean, we don't have a crystal ball. It could be. We could be. The markets could continue to to run from here through a a new uh, repeat of the Roaring Twenties, going you know back uh, to the nineteen early nineteen hundreds, or this could be the start of a little bit of a correction. But if you're a long term investor, you have that discipline. Your priorities are protected. You still will expect a positive rate of return in the equity markets over the long term. Going back to the young guys just getting started or young individual, young woman, uh, whether they're an athlete, whether they're a founder, you have your human capital asset 
in front of you as well. And that is going to be such a powerful driver of return. Your portfolio, however big or small it might be today, is going to compound over such a long period of time that you'll be amazed in 20 years looking back on it, how how big it grows to. Additionally, you're going to start converting your human capital to financial capital, put it into the the markets over time it you're almost dollar cost averaging uh uh because you have to as you as you convert and realize your human capital and so you're not putting everything into the market today you're putting some in today you're putting some in you know whatever next month or quarterly or if you have a big liquidation event through an exit or something like that there's there's all these um self or or uh these these different liquidity events or cash flow events that help you buy at various points throughout the life cycle and being disciplined today and starting today really will set you up for success long term. Yeah, I think that's a great, fantastic point. And, you know, I think the other thing I, it reminded me and I reached back to grab this book, I was reading it, Atomic Habits by James Clear this morning and just habit formation. Totally. This is such a, a great uh, analogy to me, but I had highlighted and he had said he was talking to an Olympic coach and um, he said, you know, the Olympic coach was quartered at at some point it comes down to who can handle the boredom of training every day and doing the same lifts over and over again. You know, this approach that we're talking about is not very exciting, right? It, it is about being disciplined and doing the same boring thing over and over again, right? It's being broadly, globally diversified. It's not hitting the high flyer stock here or there. You are hitting that, but it's in the context of your greater portfolio. But he goes on to be quoted in saying too, and I thought this is ties it all really back together really well, is that professionals stick to the schedule, amateurs let life get in the way. And I think it just, you know, it really comes back to what we're talking about here is don't, you know, stick to your plan, really understand what you should be doing, know that you should be invested throughout all markets. There's never a you know, every time is a good time to get in. Whenever you have the money that you're able to invest, that is the right time to actually invest. Right. Your money. And again, with a plan, with a well thought out approach to public markets, with a well thought out approach to private markets. And and I, I'm, I disagree with you, Brandon. I think it actually is interesting. I mean, I know where you're going there, but <laughs> but honestly, like, I, like the, if you if you got kind of dig under the hood and we talk about this I mean, we have a, a weekly podcast and we get to talk about it and, and hopefully it's not boring to everyone else, but it, the, you, can, you can go under the hood and it is fascinating how all of this stuff works. I mean, yeah, let's talk about what, how the debt limit actually impacts markets. If you're interested, happy to have that conversation with you. But to Brandon's point, kind of sticking to it, those, those atomic habits, the, the showing up, putting in the reps, et cetera, et cetera. That's truly what pays dividends. Let's talk about kind of the why around ending up with that conclusion and that plan and that practice. And the, the why is, is really interesting, uh, at least in my opinion. But, uh, but yeah, if you, can, if you can connect those dots and be disciplined exactly and build those atomic habits, I mean, you're setting yourself up for success, whoever you are. Yeah, 
No doubt about it. Well, we appreciate your time today. Uh, head over to awminsights.com, uh, download the 10 key principles to investing like a pro. And until next time, own your wealth, make an impact, and always be a pro. The information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision.